King Gavin issues some weird decrees and mandates at the state level and then goes on TV and says some even weirder things, and we're trying to figure out why he did that. And also, American optimism has plummeted since the last polls were taken earlier this year as Joe Biden hits his six months. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is The Joe Bob Show, and it starts right about now. Two, one. Live from a dingy bunker completely cut off from the outside world, except for you fine folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Joe Bob Show. My name is Joe Bob. Thanks for watching. We've got a really interesting story developing as usual. King Gavin is on the stump talking about different things. And when Gavin talks, it tends to get ridiculous. Um, this time is no different. Um, also, American optimism in a couple recent polls, ABC and Ipsos, the poll uh, that came out this weekend that said American optimism has dropped uh, substantially, probably the lowest number since the Biden administration uh, took over. So we'll get into all of that. But first, I want to tell you about CapitalistPropaganda.us. Capitalist Propaganda is the best place where you can get all of your favorite capitalism gear to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Capitalism propaganda, capitalistpropaganda.us. You can get fun t-shirts made uh, to show that you're a capitalist because apparently we have to defend capitalism nowadays. It's uh, It seems ridiculous. Um, this is probably my favorite new one. Capitalism rocks. Uh, love it. Um, so head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us. Get your capitalist propaganda gear and tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck with capitalist propaganda. So to get into the news of the day, specifically regarding to California, um, you've probably heard already, but yesterday, King Gavin issued a new decree uh, on vaccinations and therefore masks statewide because he does that sort of thing. So reading from CNN, California will require all state employees and health workers to provide proof of vaccination status or get tested regularly Um amid the surge of new cases. Um, so all employees will be required to prove they have received a vaccine by showing their vaccination cards or through a verification code provided to you by the state. That gets a little worrisome. Verification code, very 1984. Sweet, awesome, thanks, Gavin. Unvaccinated, unvaccinated state employees will be required to get tested at least one week, uh, once a week, and will be required to be wearing N95 masks at all time. Unvaccinated healthcare workers will also get tested uh, at least twice a week, health officials say. So we're trying to figure out why Gavin is doing this now. There's obviously the component of he actually believes that this will help the spread of the new variant, um, all of that to be said. But I would caution anybody who's following politics to <laughs> believe anything that any politician says, specifically someone like Gavin Newsom, when they say that uh, they're doing this for the right reasons. I personally think there's a political angle at this, and we'll get into what all of that is after, because when he came out with this, he said some ridiculous things that we're going to play for you in a second. But... Um, the California Department of Health putting out a verification code is a little weird. Um, little barcode tattooey. For me, I don't really like it. Um, but again, 
That's what they're doing. So Gavin went on to do a press conference where he said this. Choice to live with this virus. And with all due respect, you don't have the choice to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else's lives at risk. That's the equivalent of this moment with the deadliness and efficiency of the Delta virus. So Gavin puts out this mandate for all state employees to either prove that they're vaccinated or get tested regularly. And then he goes out and says that if you're not vaccinated, it is a equivalent to a drunk driver. Now, look, I want to dispel all of the rumors of whatever I think. I don't mind the vaccinations. Um, I think if you want to get vaccinated, you should absolutely do it. Um, probably good for the country. But also, equating it to something so absurd is kind of in the realm of what Gavin generally does. Equating it to drunk driving, there, there's a lot of reasons why that's not the equivalent. But let's just say, for example, we're going to take him at his word and break it down by what is equivalent and what's not. So if you're a drunk driver on the road, people on the road around you, pedestrians, drivers in other cars, don't have the option of protecting themselves against you. That's what a drunk driver would do. On the other hand, if you get vaccinated, the science, which Gavin claims to follow, says that you're pretty much immune to this disease. You've got 100%, if the vaccinations are accurate in what they say, you've got 100% that you're going to be uh, safe from this. So, Gavin, even either the vaccines don't work or they do work, in which case you don't need to equate it to something that is completely not related at all. Drunk driving is a, a terrible thing, and unfortunately, it kills tens of thousands of people every single year. But the problem with equating it to that is people on the streets and on in cars driving around drunk drivers have no protection against the drunk driver, other than that drunk driver not driving. On the vaccination side, if you don't get vaccinated and you're carrying the disease, everybody else has the protection they want by either wearing a mask or getting vaccinated. So it's not an equivalent, King Gavin. But here's the thing. He went on to repeat it on CNN. This is, this is a press conference. Now, with press conferences, you, you kind of take it with a grain of salt because people are speaking extemporaneously um, and you don't know whether or not that was just off the top of his head. Um, and, you know, to be fair, you, you got to give politicians a little bit of grace for speaking just extemporaneously and not necessarily having a script. But then he went on CNN and repeated the same exact metaphor, which is incorrect, but he repeated the same thing, which, well, I'm going to play it for you and then we'll we'll discuss. The time, Governor, to bring back a universal mask mandate, uh, regardless of vaccination status there in California? Look, we don't even have to have that debate if we can just get everybody vaccinated that's not vaccinated, that's refusing to get vaccinated, that's living uh, vaccine free and impacting the rest of us. It's like drunk drivers. You don't have the right to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else at risk, including your own life at risk. California is one of the highest vaccinated. So here's the problem with this. Um, not only did he use a bad metaphor to describe what being vaccinated is, because, again, mentioned it 
Time and again, want to mention it again, drunk driving is not the same as being vaccinated because when you're vaccinated, you have protection against other people who are doing things that you may not like, which is fine. That's your own opinion. Um, drunk driving, you don't. You have no protection other than your reaction time against drunk driving. It's not an equivalent. It's completely separate. And while we were giving him grace in the press conference to say that you know maybe he just thought of an example off the top of his head, it didn't work. And then he goes on CNN and says the same exact example, which tells us that somebody, whether it was Gavin, whether it was his pub public communications team, wrote up that correlation and thought it was a good idea. They had briefings on it. They, they sat in a room and they talked about, is this example going to be a good use of, or a good saying that we should repeat? And all of them said yes. Nobody said, hey, maybe drunk driving is not the same as being unvaccinated because like we said earlier, there's protections versus not having any protection. And they went with it instead. So again, the question to Gavin is, do you think the vaccines work? Because if, if they do work, then you're protected. You're, you're not like a person walking on the sidewalk at risk of a drunk driver. You're protected from that. You're, you're essentially a person in a building and you're protected from drunk driving. Um, which again, the metaphor doesn't make any sense. So either one, Gavin, you're saying to the people that the vaccine doesn't work, which I don't know if I agree with you on that, or you're just trying to grab more and more power by issuing mandates like this. Now, we're trying to figure out the reasoning behind all of this. Here's the thing that I would think. Well, let me play you another clip. This is from The Hill on a poll featuring the recall that Gavin is facing. Everybody knows in California, Gavin Newsom is facing a recall that's going to take place September 14th. Uh, on Friday, I spoke at an event that was a recall rally. It was awesome. Way more people there than I would have thought. People are very excited. But up until recently, it's been kind of like, a, you know, it's great that this is happening. It's great that we're doing this but it looks like he's going to beat the recall. Until recently, I'll let this the Hill reporter tell you. The share of California voters who say they will vote to recall Governor Gavin Newsom from office is quietly growing about 10 weeks before they head to the polls, a troubling sign for an incumbent who faces quietly mounting crises across his state. A survey released Tuesday by the University of California Berkeley's Institute of Governmental Studies, sponsored by the Los Angeles Times, found 47% of likely voters saying they would back the recall effort and 50% were opposed. Among all registered voters, just 36% back removing Newsom from office. But growing enthusiasm among recall supporters and especially Republican voters who are deep in the minority in liberal California is becoming an existential threat to Newsom's political career. So check this out. A month ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said Gavin beats the recall. Um, I don't like it. I'm just looking at the polls. I'm a political consultant. We, I work in politics. I understand polling. I understand voting. Um, I don't think he gets booted out of office. However, in a bunch of new polling, and maybe that has to do with people like Larry Elder getting into the race. Um, maybe it has to do with the growing irritation with King Gavin. Um, maybe it has to do with just the Republican Party in general doing a better job at getting their message out of there. But uh, support for the recall is growing at a rate that is 
great um, for the recall. Uh, like you said in the in the video we just played, 47% of voters, likely voters, say they would back a recall, um, which is a huge gain from where we were a month ago. Again, the election was held a month ago. King Gavin wins, uh, unfortunately. Um, among all registered voters, just 36% backing uh, are backing removing new Newsom, but growing enthusiasm among recall supporters uh, is spreading amongst Republicans. Republicans make up just one quarter of the registered voters in California, but account for a third of the likely voters who are going to go to the polls on September 14th. So Republicans have a huge disadvantage in the registration. We talked about that with Manny Petrascu um, last week, political consultant in California. Um, Democrats have almost half of registered uh, voters are Democrats. Republicans have about a fourth. So probably twice as many registered. However, among, uh, among those numbers, Republicans make up about a third of likely voters, which also doesn't account for your declined states, so non-party members, uh, non-party people, and um, all of the other people, the Democrats, who are upset with Gavin as well. Because again, you know, there are sane Democrats left in the state. There are old school Democrats that understand the value of freedom, and they see the world a little bit differently than I do probably, but more moderate parties, more moderate Democrat voters are also on the same side of Gavin. So registration doesn't necessarily mean all that much. Um, the Berkeley poll is the second poll released in the last week and shows that the recall support is gaining ground. An Emerson poll out last week showed that 43% of voters backed the recall, while 48% of voters were opposed. So even in the last week, now obviously this is not the same poll. This is an Emerson College poll versus a Berkeley poll. Um, even then, in the last week, support has grown a couple percent. So obviously we've got another month and a half until the recall election date. Uh, there's a lot of room to move with that. Um, here's the not necessarily downside, but hill we have to climb. Uh, Gavin's campaign has raised $9.3 million, according to his campaign finance reports, while anti-recall committees have pulled in $23 million um, Obviously, that's going to be used to support Gavin. Uh, side note, here's how campaign finance works. You've got um, the candidate himself and their, herself, whoever's self. The candidate gets to raise uh, as much money as they can, but there are limits on donations. So Gavin himself has raised $9.3 million, while $23 million was raised into committees where there are no limits anybody can give, um, including... All of your big unions who obviously support Gavin uh, staying in office because that's more beneficial to their line of work. Anyways, um, while it is an uphill climb for a Republican to take Gavin out, uh, there's some optimism. Um, let's see, just a couple side notes. Da, 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 da. John Cox raised $7.7 million. Most of it was from his own checkbook because John Cox is a rich guy. Uh, Faulkner raised $2.8 million. Um, and other people have raised about $5 million. So there is a lot of enthusiasm uh, going towards the recall effort. This is also an interesting point. Much of the money on Gavin Newsom's side will be spent encouraging voters to get to the polls or crucially, to return ballots that are already sitting on their kitchen tables. 
This is the problem with California elections. Now, well, I say problem. Uh, I might not mean problem. This is the difficulty with it. Um, California elections are no longer on election day. They are months-long ordeals that happen at your house, happen at a early voting station that are open for two weeks before election day and happen on election day. Uh, it happens by mail. There's so many different ways to vote. Um, and so last year, uh, Gavin Newsom signed into legislation, sorry, earlier this year that would require Californians election administrators to send mail-in ballots to every voter for every election conducted in 2021. So this year, Gavin Newsom signed a law knowing the recall was coming that every single voter in California who may exist and maybe they moved out of state and they're just going to get a ballot thrown in the mail somewhere. Uh, so that every single voter is going to get a ballot. We've got the motor voter thing. We don't purge our ballot or don't purge our voter rolls. Uh, that could be a potentially big problem. Um, but nevertheless, King Gavin is on the ropes, um, which is honestly surprising to me. If you would have asked me again a month ago, I would have said Gavin dodges the recall by a ton. Um, but, you know, not, he's not. Uh, growing support over the recall is, is coming and uh, a lot of money's being raised. Gavin's going to have a lot of money, but guys like uh, Larry Elder did a heck of a fundraising job in their first week. Um, Kevin Faulkner, John Cox, there's a lot of money also going towards that. Now, um, if you didn't watch last week, um, just to quickly explain how the recall works. There's two questions. First question is, should Gavin Newsom be recalled, yes or no? Um, if you vote that he should be recalled and moved from office, then you get to pick a second question. Now, there was a lot of concern when this thing was going that, well, people can recall to remove him, but then he can win on the second question. Gavin's not going to be on the second question. Uh, he's on the first question and the first question only. It is a yes or no, keep Gavin, boot Gavin. And if you vote to boot Gavin, if that first question gets 50% plus one, the second question, in my opinion, doesn't really matter. Now, obviously, I have my own uh, political wishes for who would take Gavin's place. Uh, I won't share that quite yet because we've got a, several of the gubernatorial candidates coming on this show later on uh, this week, next week, and the following. And then maybe we'll kind of uh, maybe we'll do an endorsement. Maybe we won't. Um, but at, at, at the point where Gavin's gone, I you know, there's a lot of people on that list that I'd be totally fine with taking over as long as King Gavin's gone. But remember, the first question is remove Gavin or don't remove Gavin. Um, the second question is, who's going to replace him? And the plurality uh, on that second question will become the governor of California once King Gavin is gone. So um, last thing, I want to touch on this again because I feel like I didn't deliver this properly. Earlier this year, King Gavin signed a bill into legislation that says, all elections in 2021 will have mail ballots sent to them. So basically, Gavin knew he was confronting a recall and said, we're just going to mail ballots to everyone, even though our voter rolls aren't purged. Motor voter is a crazy thing. Ballots just flying everywhere, all because that 
supports what Gavin is doing in his recall efforts. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a little bit of corruption, but uh, that's that's the case we have to deal with. So King Gavin on the ropes, um, going to be a rough time, going to be a steep hill to climb, but I think there's a possibility. Um, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, they have to be on our side on September 14th. And if it takes you going over to their house and telling them all of the things that you know about Gavin, because remember, the coronavirus isn't the only bad thing that Gavin uh, is pushing on us. Um, anytime I go speak on this sort of things, I also make sure to remind people that taxes are a huge problem. California pays the highest, among the highest taxes in the entire country in state income tax, sales tax, um, car registration, property tax, all of those. And what do we have to show for it? We have a crumbling infrastructure. Our roads are terrible. Our schools are failing. Um, highest taxes. We also have a astronomically raising crime rate, which is not funny at all, but uh, it, it exists. And that's another reason to recall Gavin. Um, you've got the wildfires, which if you don't understand why the wildfires are Gavin's fault, you're going to have to tune into um uh, or go rewatch one of the former episodes because Gavin is very tied in with PG&E, also the California Public Utilities Commissions that allow PG&E to do their thing. PG&E starts a fire, campfire, devastating. Um, anyways, uh, also a huge problem that we have to, to deal with in California. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of other reasons besides the whole coronavirus thing that Gavin just shouldn't be in office. Um, so, uh, enough about Gavin. We're going to move on to the greater, broader country. Uh, American optimism is down uh, and down by a lot. New poll from ABC News and Ipsos, which, again, I want to remind everybody, not liberal networks. Like ABC News is not a liberal organization that puts out or sorry. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. Not conservative. They're not conservative news outlets. ABC News isn't a, a an arm of the right wing or the Republican Party. They are a very lefty news organization, and they came out with a poll saying that American optimism is down. We're going to get into that in a couple seconds. First, I want to tell you about capitalist propaganda. The capitalist propaganda is well, yeah. If you're AOC, capitalist propaganda, I guess, is a bad thing. But capitalist propaganda is a an awesome website where you can go get t-shirts that promote capitalism because apparently we have to do that. Um, capitalist propaganda. This is one of my favorite one. This is the uh, <laughs> only you it's up to you to spread capitalist propaganda to defeat the empire. Um, a lot of cool designs. Um, just some fun stuff. You're welcome. Love capitalism. Capitalism rocks. Love that one. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite ones. Go ahead. Use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me. Um, a lot of cool designs. This is the one I'm wearing today, but capitalistpropaganda.us. Go to Capitalist Propaganda, get the gear to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck uh, and they're ruining our country. Anyways, capitalistpropaganda.us. Go there today. Support our sponsors. Um, yeah, thanks for doing so. Uh, American optimism is down by a lot. In a new ABC poll um, put out last week, a majority, 55%, of the public says that they're pessimistic about the direction of the country. A marked change from the roughly one-third, so 36%, that said the same in the ABC News Ipsos poll published May 2nd. So in the May 2nd poll, 36% of people were pessimistic about the direction of the state. That number has gone up 
almost 20 points to 55%. A majority of Americans are pessimistic about the state. In the May survey, Americans were more optimistic than pessimistic by 28% margin. So um, optimism is now underwater by 10%. So there was a 28% gap between optimistic and pessimistic. Um, in the May 2nd poll, that number not only, that, that hasn't even closed the gap, it's now underwater. Um, optimism is now underwater by 10 points. Uh, looking ahead to the next 12 months, fewer than half, 45% now report feeling optimistic about the way things are going, which is a significant drop from about two-thirds in the May poll. So to re-explain that, 64% of people in the United States were optimistic about the next 12 months of the country. That number has dropped, uh, again, almost 20 points to 45% in the most recent poll by ABC News and Ipsos. Again, that poll was from May, so it wasn't even from the beginning of the year where people were all, rah, rah, Joe Biden, yay. Um, yeah, the new poll from May to July. So we got like two months in between those polls. Um, this is interesting too. The decline of optimism has occurred across the board among Democrats, Republicans, and independents. Optimism is down about 20 points among Democrats and Republicans uh, and down 26 points among independents. Among Democrats, about 7 in 10 now say they're optimistic about the direction of the country over the next 12 months. But here's the thing. Democrats now have about 71% of them say things are optimistic. Now, you might think, well, 71%, that's not that bad of a number. And you're right. It's not that bad of a number. However, in May, that number was 93%, so 22% lower than what it was in just May, which is honestly kind of astonishing to me. Um, now, there's a lot of various reasons for that. Uh, and there's a lot of things that you could take away from that poll and they could be incorrect. You could say that, well, people are just unhappy with the Biden administration. But also, there are people that are ha unhappy on both sides of it. For example, um, Republicans might say, well, I'm less optimistic because he th said he was going to be working down in the middle of the aisle. He went way to the left, um, and that's why I'm unhappy about it. And those people can lower their optimism number there. But on the other side, you could have Democrats saying, oh, I thought Joe Biden was going to be much more progressive, which is a crazy thing to think about if you really want to look at it that way, but they could think, I thought he was going to be much more progressive. Uh, and <laughs> he isn't, and that's why they're unhappy. So you could have people unhappy for two completely different reasons. But at the same time, um, given the Harvard-Harris poll that we covered a couple weeks ago saying that a majority of Americans not only disapprove of what Biden is doing on the border, but they want President Trump's border policy back. I think 55% of people were saying that they want President Trump's border policy back in place. Two-thirds of Americans, 66% of Americans said that Biden needs to be stricter on the border policy. Um, given the fact that there are is convergence on those type of topics, you know, the people on different sides agreeing, disagreeing for, agreeing for different reasons. Yeah, maybe that makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. It also could be that people are seeing the border situation and going, holy cow, man, this is out of control. Um, you know, we've had 150,000 plus people crossing into the border and getting apprehended, which is only the numbers that we know of. There's tens of thousands more that we don't know of. Um, 
But you could have people looking at that and agreeing on that sense. Maybe they're more moderate Democrats with teaming up with Republicans on, on agreeing that, yeah, this is a, a huge problem. But overall, optimism has declined substantially, 20% in about two months, which is not good. Um, Joe Biden's approval rating, again, and this is not unusual. Like, this is not like, ah, oh, we gotcha. Um, no, presidents generally have an approval bump, ex except for Donald Trump, which is uh, an anomaly on so many different levels. Um, but presidents generally have an approval bump, and that approval bump lasts them about six months, which is exactly what Joe Biden's did. Uh, it was at about 63% approval rating, uh, is now dipped to 50, and some polls even show that it's a little bit below 50 which is right about where presidents generally are. Um, minus massive events against George Bush was in the 90s uh, after September 11th um, because the entire country was just rallying around him. Um, but then, you know, quickly fell into the um, 40s because that's where presidents generally sit. Obama's the same way. Everyone's all excited when he got elected. First black president, great. Uh, approval numbers were way through the roof. Throughout the rest of his term, dropped down to 45%. Trump was always about the 45% mark. Um, and it's looking like we're going to see Joe Biden in the same place uh, throughout the rest of his presidency, um, whether that's the next year and a half or four years. Uh, some people might think that I'm not sure I'm necessarily one of those people, but two years in a day, that kind of makes sense. Hand the reins over to Kamala Harris, have her run for election in 2024. That would kind of make sense from an Joe Biden is unfortunately an older gentleman who is very confused a lot of the time. Um, but all that's to be said is Americans' approval in him as a president and our optimism as a whole is dropping. So um, we do have a couple of new people on here. So if you're listening to the podcast of the show, you can go ahead and flip it off because, uh, you know, We've already talked about this, but we want to go really quickly back into the Gavin phenomenon. Um, Gavin, uh, King Gavin, who is up for recall, uh, said this on CNN yesterday. Since, and there, of course, is this growth in cases. Is it time, Governor, to bring back a universal mask mandate, uh, regardless of vaccination status there in California? Look, we don't even have to have that debate if we can just get everybody vaccinated that's not vaccinated, that's refusing to get vaccinated, that's living uh, vaccine free and impacting the rest of us. It's like drunk drivers. You don't have the right to go out and drink and drive and put everybody else at risk, including your own life at risk. Cal so Gavin made a planned statement because, again, his communications department, his campaign team and him himself decided that comparing unvaccinated people to drunk drivers was a good idea. And the reason they're probably doing that, and again, we can go into the, all of the reasons as to why that's a ridiculous statement, but the reason they're doing that is because Gavin's slipping in the polls in the recall. If you weren't paying attention uh, a couple months ago, six weeks, a month ago, I would have told you, I don't know if Gavin gets booted out. I think he survives the recall. Uh, however, there's a lot of new information coming out. We'll go back to this Hill piece um, right now to show you where that's at. California voters who say they will vote to recall Governor Gavin Newsom from office is quietly growing about 10 weeks before they head to the polls, a troubling sign for an incumbent who faces quietly mounting crises across his state. 
A survey released Tuesday by the University of California Berkeley's Institute of Governmental Studies, sponsored by the Los Angeles Times, found 47% of likely voters saying they would back the recall effort and 50% were opposed. Among all registered voters, just 36% back removing Newsom from office. But growing enthusiasm among recall supporters, and especially Republican voters who are deep in the minority in liberal California, is becoming an existential threat to Newsom's political career. So, uh, King Gavin is not doing so hot in the polls. Now, I've said this before, I'll say it again, this is not a win automatically um, with Gavin. Regardless of how the polls look, um, even if he's losing in the polls and, and the recall efforts are surging, uh, there's a lot of things we have to account for. One is just the sheer amount of money that King Gavin has. He's already raised nine, $9.3 million, according to his campaign finance reports. Uh, and then there's another $23 million out there um, just into committees. Now, again, a committee is uh, after somebody maxes out donating to Gavin, after PG&E, uh, Caltrans, all of the teachers unions, the California Teachers Union, Teacher Association, all of the, after all of those big money donors completely max out, they get to put all of their money into committees um, and do third party advertising on behalf of King Gavin. Um, but I wanted to get this in one more time. Much of the money on Newsom's side will be spent encouraging voters to get to the polls or crucially returning ballots that are sitting on their kitchen tables because in 2021, so this year, King Gavin signed into legislation a law that would send ballots to every single registered voter, regardless of if they died in the last six months because we don't purge the voter rolls, or if they've moved out of state. We're just going to flood the state with voters, and Gavin put that into law this year knowing that he's facing a recall. If you needed more proof that Gavin needs to be recalled, there it is. Again, this year, King Gavin signed into law a new rule that says every single election in 2020 will have ballots sent out to every single voter, whether or not you even know there's an election going on, whether or not we've purged the ballot, uh, the, the voter rolls as a whole, or if you've moved out of state, you're getting a ballot uh, because King Gavin realizes that the more people vote, uh, the better he does, especially with voter with ballot harvesting, which is illegal everywhere else and should be, uh, but California has it, uh, and it's uh, going to be a big problem because they're sending ballots to literally everyone. So uh, keep in mind, if you get a if you get a knock on your door that says, uh, "Hey, we're here to collect your ballots," uh, don't give it to them. Drop it off at a uh, ballot collection center or just mail it in yourself. Um, anyways, I've done enough ranting on that. Um, I want to tell you about the rest of the week coming up here. Uh, we've got a great show tomorrow. We've got um, a, uh, we're talking about CRT tomorrow in our schools. Um, I did a big report on this in the Daily Caller uh, several weeks ago about parents and teachers and uh, parent un or teachers unions and schools and CRT. We've got a great guest coming on to talk about the history of uh, racism dating all the way back to Aunt A. Blinken um, and how none of what the CRT people are teaching now align with any of that sort of stuff uh, going back and back and back. On Thursday, we've got gubernatorial candidate Kevin Kiley coming on. Uh, that should be fun. I 
was speaking at an event with Kevin on Friday of last week at a recall event in Chino. Um, so Kevin will be joining us uh, next week. We've got some more pretty interesting guests that I'll kind of keep under the under the rug for a little bit, but. Should be a great next couple of weeks, especially ramping up uh, to the dethroning of King Gavin. Um, stay tuned to The Joe Bob Show. Um, also, if you haven't gotten a chance, uh, check out my show on Daily Caller called Quality Control, where we dive deep into the political issues of the day. We've covered the border, not crisis. Uh, we've covered CRT in school. We've covered the COVID uh, lockdown and how that was uh, how that factored into schools reopening and closing. Um, we just did Facebook versus the White House. The White House is putting some crazy uh, stipulations on Facebook. Uh, it's getting crazy out there. Uh, Daily Caller, quality control is the way you stay up to date with everything going on as much as you can. Um, we do new episodes every single week. So if you get a chance, check it out. Quality control on Daily Caller. Um, with that, I want to thank our sponsors, Capitalist Propaganda, and thank all of you for watching. We had a decent amount of watchers today, so this is this is exciting. Maybe maybe one of these days we'll start reading comments on the air here, but uh, some of them are a little bit uh, raunchy, so I don't know if I want to do that. But anyways, thanks so much for watching The Joe Bob Show. My name is Joe Bob. This is The Joe Bob Show. Thank you, and we'll see you again next time.